0: Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in play.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are finishing up Week 12 here today with Episodes 3 and 4 from Avatar The Last Airbender, Book 1, Water. And these episodes are The Southern Air Temple and The Warriors of Kyoshi. And again, right now, all three of us have seen all of these previously. But Allison is the new were person to this viewing experience. What did you think of these two episodes? And are we inching towards a Sokka that everybody's on board with as opposed to just me?
0: Um, yeah, I mean I, I think that Sokka is essentially following the path that you hope that all men whose brains are melted by a patriarchal society eventually follow, and that he's learning and he's listening. And he's slowly getting more thoughtful. Um, he presumably will be sewing his own pants from now on. A big step in the right direction. Um, he, he's he been introduced to the idea that someone can be both a warrior and a girl. Progress. Um, so thumbs up there. Uh, I really like both of these episodes, but I feel like we have to start in the most important and obvious place, which is that we have to talk about Momo Um <laughs> Who, at like, how many, here is a question, how many great animal friends are we getting over the course of this series? Are we at max capacity, or are there more to come?
2: So we are at max capacity in okay. terms of great animal friends. That's fine. It's already a wealth of riches. However, the animal world of Avatar The Last Airbender is a rich and diverse and varied place full of delightful creatures that I cannot wait for you to meet.
0: Great. I mean, yes. we've already got, we've got giant koi, we've got mm-hmm. the nagi, awesome, very cool. Yeah.
2: keep thinking more along the lines of the otter penguins. Great. That's that's more along the lines of what we're going to start to see until we see something else. Cool. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, Kate but- knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scotty says, I am delighted by these animals so far. And yes, Scotty, because they are fabulous and more to come.
0: And I understand that Sokka was hungry, but how dare he? Um, (laughs) I'm choosing to interpret that as the act of a friend who just wanted to distract Aang from what was going on and figured, I'll just pretend to want to eat this adorable little buddy. That'll sure distract him. Um, because it's just, it's in- impossible to consider anything
2: else.
1: <laughs> I enjoy, uh, I enjoyed just the end of that beat later in the episode where Mom was like, here, eat this fruit.
2: <laughs> we good?
1: <laughs> We're good? No, okay. I'm- you're not gonna yeah. eat me?
0: Okay. Very we can good. be cool now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly marcus says what kind of monster would want to eat a lemur i have uh no idea apparently a teenaged boy saka does love
2: meat he, like that's a runner he loves meat great well um, and uh,
0: and yeah. you know in his defense his jerky was used to start a fire so um so he had suffered a loss <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the things I really liked about these episodes is I have a feeling this is just going to be something I end up talking about a lot because it's been true of all of the episodes so far is the way that this show is able to balance this, um, silliness and playfulness with something, um, you know, much more emotionally rich and profound. I think that that's true of both of these, but, um, The Southern Air Temple in particular is obviously just, I mean, it's a story about grief and, uh, shock and family and all of these really important ideas, uh, but is also so silly and goofy and I think that that's great. The, um... And it heightens the loss, right? As we see with the cakes, right? Like those mm-hmm. moments make it all sting more. And I don't want to say too much more about that particular piece of the story because I know there are some other things coming we haven't talked about, but that we won't be talking about for a few days. But um, yeah, I was very favorably impressed by both of these episodes. And I think uh, the Southern Air Temple is the point at which in my first initial little binge, I was like, oh, OK, I was already on board. But then I was like, right. Yeah, let's do this. Let's get into it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> how was it for you, Noel?
2: No, it was good to revisit both of these. Like, I remember the um, the Warriors of Kyoshi episode pretty clearly because it's our first introduction to uh, the Kiyoshi warriors who start to recur.
0: Oh, great! Um, Yay! Sorry, I'm very excited about that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So
2: <laughs> that's the, awesome. Yeah, the Kiyoshi warriors uh, recur to a certain extent. Specifically, their leader Suki. Uh, she recurs a little bit um, more going forward. Um, And they're delightful. So I really like the Warriors of Kiyoshi. But that episode I remembered really, really clearly because there's a lot of really good stuff in terms of really driving home how young Aang is. (laughs) In that episode in particular of like, he's got such a massive crush on Katara. And he's just like, look, look, I can do the thing with the marble. Look, it's super cool. Super cool. Look, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You're not looking. Um, and it's so 12-year-old, 11-year-old sort of thing to an older kid. um Also to an adult, but spe- also very specifically to an older kid. And I just, I really, really love it. It's so endearing. And then you balance it against him just using it as a way to continue to avoid the actual responsibilities of being the Avatar. Um, It's just really fun. Plus, we get a whole Beatles riff with him going over a bridge. <laughs> With the girls chasing him. And I love that kind of stuff. Um, in answer to your question, Marcus, about how old Katara and Sokka are supposed to be, they're definitely in their mid-teens, so probably, like, 15 to 16. Um, 17 at the absolute oldest, Well, Sokka's
1: older than Katara. So, I see. so Aang is 12, she's, like, 14, 15, and he's, like, 15, 16.
2: Yeah. So, they're, like, in their mid-teens, um... Sokka's old enough that he wasn't allowed to go with everyone else, like, yeah. young enough that he was... He was young enough that he couldn't go with anyone else, but old enough that he was expected to basically protect the tribe. That's sort of, like, that line there. It's a little fuzzy. Um, I think Aang's the only one that gets, like, hard age anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I think all of that works really, really well, but, yeah, that Southern Air Temple episode's just gut punches. Um, I really kind of forgot, like, I always, I love Monk Gyatso, so, like, I remember, like, Gyatso and everything, but I always somehow, I think I just repress finding the skeleton, because it's just like, oh, this is, this is bad, this is terrible, and sad, and just, like, coming face to face with that kind of a trauma when you're 12, um, it's just deeply unpleasant. And yeah, no, you'd obviously trigger the avatar state and let everyone know you're back <laughs> by accident. Cause you don't know that there's a weird avatar alarm system. <laughs> it was very, I was very like, uh, the, 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 the,
1: the pyres have been lit, you know, it was very, mm-hmm. uh, kind of summon help from Gondor kind of a situation for me. Um, let's talk a bit about some of these visuals because yeah. we haven't talked about that very much. And, God, this inner temple is gorgeous. When they first fly up and they show it, that's going to be our image for this uh, episode because it's just so pretty. Um, and and there's a specificity to the design that, obviously this is a show created with a lot of care. They're very specific about what the different forms of bending look like and what like martial arts they are inspired by and sort of drawn from. And there's a lot of thought and care put into all of that. But I appreciate that right from the start, I mean, like it's, we're going to be back at some of these places. It's pretty clear. Cause they spent so long designing them, right? Like the, um, the, the, the Warriors of Kyoshi was, was also very strongly in my my memory. Not so much for the episode other than just all the stuff with Suki and Sokka. Um, which by the way, side note right now, my mom is not on board with Sokka. Uh, they're still, they're still watching, uh, because every time he, they say Sokka, she just goes, Sokka, Sokka.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and literally um, she was saying hey hey why's guitar always gotta do the sewing why is, what's going on with this you still sew his own damn pants and I was like mom just go with it and l- like literally two seconds later that scene happened she's like yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> I was like I was like, you're gonna you're gonna be on board with this show. Just stick with it a little longer so you get hooked in. Anyways, um but because of the visual design of the Kyoshi Warriors, that's why they're so strongly in my memory. Um, I think what the show is is doing with um just with its visual element, is really striking already in episode 3 and episode 4. Kina says, I have genuinely gasped a few times about how beautiful the show is. I wasn't really ready. And uh, Marcus says, it looked like they did a lot of painted backgrounds with animated characters superimposed on top, which is a nice, distinct look that I like. And yeah, it gives it a very, because that's more an old school or an older school approach. No, it's,
2: at this point, it's definitely an old school approach. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and, and I mean, again, it gives it more, because the whole conceit of the show as like book one, book two, book three, it gives it more of like a, a book feel. And I think that's a nice, uh, just a through line to how they approach their narratives and also their design.
0: Yeah. I saw there were a number of visuals that I thought, wow, that's really beautiful. But the one that stuck with me is an apologies. If there's a specific name for this building that I'm not remembering, but at the Southern air temple, um, the Cycle of Avatar statues, Mm -hmm. just incredibly beautiful, so striking. Uh, I've been revisiting that a lot in my mind, and it also is really useful as a way of sort of visually explaining who Aang is and what role he plays in the world, Um, which obviously will come in handy later, and they continue to sort of expand on that idea as we move forward, but it was very useful to me In terms of the mythology being able to see like, okay, so this is how, this is what the avatar cycle is. uh, And this is who essentially we're dealing with um, and why he's so powerful and so important and all of that. I I just thought it was a a great piece of visual storytelling.
1: Yeah. And it also gives a sense of the scope of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Noel, any other visuals for you? Um... Nothing that immediately stands out. I think that the what call it? The I I really appreciate like Allison mentioning like the avatar statues, since it does provide that sort of like narrative signposting. Um, well, also when he activates, goes into the avatar state, you get that sort of like light up thing that then you get mm-hmm. to see little bits of all these other places that we haven't even visited yet that we're going to visit or will. Sometimes see other parts of um, other temples, basically. Um, And it's just really, it's really, it's really smart visual storytelling to do that kind of thing. And then we go to Kiyoshi and we meet Kiyoshi as her statue self um, to then drive this home as another one of another member of that cycle. So we keep, Aang keeps having to. Come face to face with his destiny, and I think that that's a really s- s- good visual sleight of hand to like keep reinforcing that concept without having to dialogue script that over and over again at the same time. So I really like that kind of economy almost of how they approach it,
1: yeah, I also um appreciate the Nagi. I mean the the koi are really cool too but like yes. and also just visually I love the 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 design choices and how they show water and the ripples in water it's really neat um but I particularly about the unagi in so many other stories the the unagi would be the villain the monster that's plaguing the town that he has to go kill right and it's not that it's just a larger force of nature that is scary Um, and very powerful, but also can in this case be the solution to their problem rather than, um, something to be like, it's to be understood. And if you can use to your advantage rather than just killed. Um, and it's, it's just such a different approach and I love it.
2: One of the things that I really sort of appreciate about this show is the fact that nature is very rarely sort of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um wildlife are very rarely the problem um for the show. Um it shifts a little bit, um, but for the most part, nature is very rarely the problem because you're supposed to be in tune with it. It's part of the bending. Um and so ang's ability to use that becomes really central to the series going forward. And yeah, no, it's nice that the monster isn't the issue. In fact, the island doesn't really have any issues, they're just want to stay out of the war. It's been going on for a hundred years. They've been doing a good job of it so far until these three dopes showed up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, though, I mean, like, that's very much presented as, I mean, and that's what it needs to be for the narrative. But also, um, you're staying out of the war where an entire nation was hunted down and slaughtered. I don't know how, you know. I don't know yeah. the ethics of that are as um, even as they want to say, or as neutral as they are hoping. But okay, I, this is what the narrative needs, so this is what we're gonna say for now. Uh, Sky says, "I loved that the monster we thought was a deadly threat was a life saving ally," and yeah. Um, do we have, if, if any of the people in the chat have any thoughts or questions about these episodes, please drop them in. I, I look forward to your guys thoughts on these. But um...
2: Um, Speaking of the animals, did you all enjoy the rhino salamanders or rhino lizards that the Fire Nation has? Because those things are scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. They're extremely cool and yes, scary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we should talk about that little portion of the show, because we also yeah, get, we haven't like, talked about
2: we haven't yeah. talked about Zhao. We need to talk about Zhao. What about Zhao?
1: Jason Isaacs. Um, yeah. And uh, also, just, uh, I mean, we get, uh, the, just the nearest tiny, tiny sampling of, of, uh, how badass Uncle Eero is. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and it was an angry fire kid.
2: <laughs> an <laughs> angry, angry fire kid, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was I the only one yelling,
0: sweep the leg, sweep the leg? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was yelling bangerang because that's all I'm ever going to yell with that guy. But but I appreciate a good sweep the leg. Um, That was a great fight scene, Uh, Uh like a sort of classic, um, classically structured, I guess, fight scene with a very recognizable, familiar ending that. um, But and I mean that as as a good thing, right? It's a trope that tells you. A lot about the person in question and it continues to make angry fire kid a more complex figure than he might ordinarily seem um and yeah uncle i love him i love him so much um (laughs) it was just uh a very it reminded me a little bit of some of the this is silly but reminded me a little bit of some of the early fight scenes on arrow where it was very like to your corners dun 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 um Yeah, just really well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, it is a very ritualized sort of fight sequence because it's that whole like cling on sort of, I challenge you this very specific thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The Agni Kai, which again, becomes a running thing. Um, So, but no, the fight scene is really, really good. And one of the things I really like about this show is that they take a lot of care in terms of choreographing, storyboarding and getting those fight scenes to make sense. Um, And they really Take their time with them. Um, there's not a lot of cutting, so we get to see it, uh, which I always really appreciate both in animation and live action. So, getting all of that um, makes it, for me, much more exciting than if you do the chaotic discontinuity editing type of stuff. Um, but the other thing I really like about Zhao is that he provides a, another antagonist. For our antagonists, (laughs) um, which layers a lot more stuff into the narrative, um, as opposed to just having Zuko be like, I have to get the Avatar Um, and Uncle Iroh being like, have some tea instead. Um, they now have this motivation to move faster as well. Um, so it puts them into like a really good sort of narrowed position for lots of stuff to propel them forward, but also plenty of new complications because now there's this more well-resourced, more seasoned warrior that's also seeking out our trio of good guys. And so I really like the ways in which the show, already four episodes in, is like, We've got a bunch of we've got a bunch of plates that we're gonna spin. Let's see what we can do with that. And I'm really curious for Allison and also Marcus and the Caldwell's how well that they keep. You feel that they keep spinning those plates? Um, because personally, I think they do a pretty darn good job of it. But I'm also really curious to see if I still feel that mm-hmm. way. Um, and so I'm going to read some comments now. Um, Keenan is uh, asks, is that a kind of two person fight duel? Like you the named specific to firebenders? Yes, the Agni Kai is a specific firebender duel, basically of honor. Um, so if you watched a bunch of Star Trek and you're used to Klingons yelling, um, some sort. What's the? Is there like a specific Klingon battle? thing kate you're more of a track person
1: yeah no there is uh yeah but i like i'm I'm sorry whenever people go to klingon sayings i I just go to kabla which is not appropriate (laughs) here um but yeah no there is and i just don't remember what it's called
2: yeah. So it's basically that. Um, so it it's something that's going to continue to resurface um, as the show goes on. So keep an ear out for it. Uh, Marcus says, it's interesting that while there's an obvious Asian influence to the cultures, um, he appreciates that there is some North American indigenous influence, particularly with the water tribe basically being Inuit. Um, and yeah, that's... One of, like, the weird for me, and I'll be curious for both of your takes as well, weird things about the show in that they do these visual representations, but then we have Mae Whitman voicing one of these characters. Um, and, like, it's a visual representation that looks great and feels really good, but then we have a nice white lady doing the voice. And that kind of a weird disconnect um is always something to, I think, be mindful of because it's something that the television, that, not the television show, that the movie ran into with um, its whitewashing casting. Um, and then then they're developing a new live action adaptation of this series and with the two original creators involved for Netflix. And they were being like, no, 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 we're not going to do what the movie did. Don't worry. We're not going to do that. So it's, it's a weird tug of war of... A vis- good visual representation, but vocally not there. How do you both feel about like that kind of a weird disconnect?
1: Yeah, it's a very white voice cast. I mean, like Jason Isaacs, right, is our yeah. baddie here. Um, and uh, it's not an entirely white voice cast, but it's a very white voice cast. And uh, that is, uh, well, I think the actors all do a really good job. That is disappointing somewhat to it but um i appreciate the the, i appreciate the specificity to these cultures and i do very much appreciate that they you've got a like more of a, a japanese kind of inspiration for the fire nation unless i'm mistaking that and then more of a chinese influence for the earth nation and like a nepalese kind of Influence for the Air Nation, and then an indigenous uh, Arctic Native American or uh, indigenous people in North America kind of inspiration for the Water Tribe, um, for the for the Water Nation. So um, then, when you my any issues I have with not reflecting that diversity in the voice cast is so completely paled in comparison to casting a bunch of white actors to play all these characters in the movie that it's like, I feel bad even just, like, criticizing the show for this at all because the movie's so much worse. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It would be nice if there wasn't... I mean, it it just feels very much of the casting of its time and even probably still that would be impacted. But um, if you look at a show like like um, Steven universe going out of its way to cast actors of color to, to be all the, like any of the, the characters, most of the characters. Um, It's something that it would be nice if it was more reflected in the voice cast. Um, But I will at least appreciate what we do get on the screen.
0: Yeah. I think, um, you know, (laughs) We're at a point now where we're far more aware of um, casting issues in general, which is great. And obviously, this is not a show that was made five minutes ago. Um, So it makes sense to me that they would be more focused on correcting that in this upcoming live action adaptation. Um, You know, I think this is a bigger conversation, but I think in a perfect world, uh, which will never exist... um, when working on an animated series in most, but not not all cast cases, um, you could cast basically, especially for fantasies, basically anyone in any role, right? Like the, the, there's no reason that doesn't have to do with systemic racism yeah. that you can't yeah. have for, like, as an example, in central park, David Diggs plays an elderly white lady. Right. And that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Like no one is upset where no one rational is upset that a black man is playing an elderly white lady. That's like, that's a non-issue. And in a perfect world, that is what the reality should be, but it's not a perfect world. So, um, you know, who knows, maybe 600 years from now for, if the planet still exists and we're still making animated TV series, um, anyone will be able to play any role in a cast will be predominantly people of color and that'll be fine. Uh, but I'm not holding my breath.
2: Yeah, no. So I just ask, cause that's like one of the things that kind of comes up about this show and legend accord to a certain extent as well, since in our main cast, only Dante brass Vasco who voices Zuko slash fire guy and the actor who voices Iroh Mako, who's a longs, who's a Mako who, for those of you who aren't aware is a Japanese, um, American actor or just Japanese Japanese American actor um, who was active basically from 1960 to like to his death um, in the mid aughts. Um, he was on Mash a bunch, um, did a lot of movies. He's great. Um, if He's you a watch cool. Samurai. He voiced a coup in Samurai Jack. If you watch Samurai Jack, um, and he voices Iro, and that's that's it in the main cast. <laughs> Um, in terms of people of color, um, so it's it's just something that's always in the back of my mind, especially now. Um, but yeah, I was curious about that as well because yeah, visual representations are one thing, but then thinking about like behind the scenes sort of stuff because yes, they did put a lot of care into depicting certain cultures they did a lot of research trips um for architecture's sake they did a lot of consultation work for the martial arts like kate said in terms of giving age bending a specific style that they felt best represented it um so yeah it's something um and in terms of like the visuals i'll go back and read the uh art book that i bought about the show and check <laughs> and see what they did for some of the air temple stuff
1: yeah yeah, and I could be I could be wrong on those those inspirations, but that's what I'm remembering. So, um let me know, listeners if Yeah, I, I'll if double I have check that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it it does also just because it's so because so many of our fantasy worlds especially in um American productions for American audiences, have fantasy worlds where everyone's white, except for maybe, like, one group of people who aren't, and probably they're the bad guys, <laughs> or maybe they become the good guys, but, like, you know, they're rough around the edges kind of a thing. It's just so wonderful to have everyone... Oh, Scotty says, and and the bad guys all have British accents, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful to see such a completely uh, thought-out and inventive and beautiful and colorful world that more closely um, matches what I would imagine makes sense for a fantasy world as opposed to like these, like like your Games of Thrones is, right? Where they're like, well, it's based on medieval Europe, so it's like, you know... That there were plenty of not white people. <laughs> there are plenty of people of color all over Europe, all over England back then. Yes, okay. Um, so it, it's nice to to see a less whitewashed visual representation of a fantasy world in an and specifically. I mean, I realize that there are plenty of those all over the world, but in an American produced yeah. and made show. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on these two episodes or things we are? I mean, I guess we. Have also. Yeah. That. So we know what we're looking yeah. forward to. So if Keenan <laughs> and Scotty and Marcus, if you have any thoughts on these or any things that you're looking forward to or hoping we get more of, we would love to hear them.
0: Also, I would love to know if Scotty had any. Brief thoughts on the first two as well since she didn't join us yesterday oh yeah please. i gotta say autoplay on netflix is a real danger with this show because the end credits are so brief and then all of a sudden you're just in the next episode and if you are not paying extremely close attention it's like oh gosh this episode is longer than i thought nope you've accidentally watched four
1: <laughs> uh scotty says my first thought is i love the complication they're developing on the firebender side i feel like uh like the uncle who always wants snacks has a secret points for the smart lady marcus says is the fire nation plan basically avatar whack-a-mole like kill the av- air avatar then the water one then the earth one to get to the fire one again and sky says i can't wait to find out what the secret is for, for uncle um marcus my understanding of it at this point is that the plan was kill everybody in the air and nation and then you can't have an avatar anymore. And my mom was like, well, why, why don't they just, my mom was like, why aren't they, since they're the bad guys, why aren't they doing what Marcus suggests and do avatar whack-a-mole so that we can get to the fire? It's like, because the avatar is not of a nation. So, so the avatar, the fire avatar is not necessarily going to side up, team up with the fire nation. So the plan is to just stop any the avatar cycle, break the avatar cycle because uh, otherwise, you know, like if they get, the avatar can stop them basically, theoretically. And, uh, if the avatar, uh, there is no avatar, then no one can stop them is their plan, which is nefarious and evil. And, you know, this is why they're the bad guys. And also the, because, uh, Aang is the air avatar, right? And yes. they explain the cycle, the previous avatar would have been the fire avatar. Yeah. So that speaks to, yeah, clearly something happened to him to get us to Ang, but uh, we will find out more about that later. Um, Scotty says, I love how the kids are kids, brave and powerful, but then totally kids. And yeah, absolutely. Like, you already mentioned the cake thing, Allison, but just like the... We've got these. Help me with these. And then it's, like, right into the heads. <gasps> Good job. <laughs> Better aim. Uh this guy likes the little moments of competition and immaturity, because they are completely appropriate. Uh, Keenan says, Aang trying to get people to care about the marble trick is every child we've ever babysat. And, <laughs> yeah. That was another one where I was like, wait, what is he doing? Is it? I was like, it's just, like, a stupid little, like, trick with the thing. It's like, look at me! Yeah, like, that's all it is. Uh, um, so, yeah. That is. Yep. Like yep. he can
2: literally make like a ball of air that he rides on, but he's like, Look at the marble thing I can do And it's just
1: like Buddy <laughs> Yep, pretty much. Well You can make an air
2: sphere scooter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so much cooler. I like we haven't mentioned it, but I really like the air ball game. Yeah. That we briefly get. It's so fun. Um anyways, that'll or wrap Sokka. up our <laughs> conversation about episodes three and four. Marcus says, does the Avatar system work like the Slayer in Buffy? One immediately appears the instant the last one dies. Are they born one or can they already be ten? Um,
2: that is so, something we're going to
1: find out more about. Later.
2: Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird system that I don't remember if this show goes like too deep into it. Um, I know Korra does because um, it's a big part of Korra. Um, but yeah, no, they go into it. So they they sort of explain how it works.
1: Yeah, think Dalai Lama.
2: Yeah. It's probably a closer approximation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that But less sexist. But less sexist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because obviously it can't... I also really appreciate that. Because they've said a lot about the Avatar heat, right? And then in this fourth episode, they're like, also the Avatar's ladies, too, because... Yep. Kyoshi, so you know um so i like that they established that nice and early in the run of the show um but that will wrap up our conversation about episodes three and four of avatar the last airbender season one um and next week on monday we're gonna be kicking things off with uh episode five and episode six the king of omashu and imprisoned and then after that we've got a two-parter what anyways but that's for tuesday on monday it's king of omashu and imprisoned so that will wrap things up and everyone have a lovely weekend and we'll be back on monday Bye. Bye. Bye.